0: Welcome to episode two of FASD What's the crack? With myself, Maggie May, and the most awesome Mr. Scott Castrenno. So, <laughs> what's the crack?
1: That's quite the intro. <laughs> Love it. I don't know. I can't remember. Was it was awesome. You used.
0: No idea. I've <laughs>
1: <laughs> this just uh yeah this is a great great start to uh, this week's podcast or this month's podcast should i say um what's to crack oh not a lot i'm in kilrush
0: oh what are you the doing d- there
1: i'm i'm getting our um apartment ready for visitors so Ooh, yeah i've been cool. scrubbing bleaching cleaning hoovering mopping yeah what a way to spend a tuesday
0: i have to agree boring
1: um, and what's the crack for you maggie
0: I'm enjoying being back after my holiday. So that oh, was yeah. nice. That
1: was a long time to be in like in London. But you weren't in London for all of it, were you?
0: No, I did a bit of traveling and got to meet up with some other FASD charities, which was awesome. And got to hang out with other individuals with FASD. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was managing expectations where me and my friend who came from Canada, who also has FASD, who we've never met in person. So um, loads oh. of there. We had expected to be doing a lot more in London when actually when it push came to show, I was like, actually, no, it's we prefer taking it slow. And you no, know, some days we didn't do anything. We just kind of chilled. And mm. for us, it was like, that's OK. Actually, we don't need to do everything all at once. It just means we have to go back at some point
1: absolutely not yeah yeah you can't do everything in one trip can you i mean blimey like we will go for one night and do one thing and then come away and 10 days is a long time for anybody to spend in a city especially when you're used to living in the country
0: <laughs> yeah i was almost waiting for the cows to start mooing
2: like, where are the cows
1: <laughs> there's none in london nope i'm sure there's some cows but not not that type of cow yeah <laughs> well, you're back now, so um hopefully you're you're back into it and um yeah. re- recovered from the the kind of because it is. I think being in the city, I find being in the city is very tiring as well. Like it's it's you know because you do do a lot of walking in comparison. I think because you you don't always use a tube or cabs or maybe you did. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
0: we were we were really lazy and we like used Ubers everywhere.
1: <laughs> My days. So in but, other words, you needed you needed a mortgage to pay for a trip to London then.
0: Yeah, I think our most expensive Uber was like over a hundred pounds.
1: Jeez, Louise! No, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't. So there you go. You were just like wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of all that because um, yeah. Hopefully you'll you'll recover soon and get back to some form of normality. Um, I was going to ask you though so you did you did a, a webinar when you were there with um, uh, FASD awareness didn't you.
0: I did. And um, it was really interesting because it was with different individuals. So we're all part of a collaborative. So I work with them all, but we're all from different countries. So we had someone from Canada. Actually, we had two from Canada. And then we had me from Ireland. Um, so it meant we got like different perceptions of what it's like in different countries and how things work there might not work here or, you know, things they do them. Like they should really start doing that in Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. And It's from individuals with FASD, so it was we got to just talk about what it's like for us without yeah. people with words
1: in our mouth kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I because Tris was there and I was kind of pottering around in the background listening to it, so it was sounded really interesting. I thought it was very funny to listen to you all trying to not jump in, but it was like there was one point where I think Andrew. Um, forgot to direct his question to somebody and it was like it was almost like a free-for-all because you're all like who are you asking that of there was a bit of silence and then you just started to jump in so it was quite, quite uh, funny it was um
0: we didn't practice which is uh, clear uh usually <laughs> we always practice and we didn't practice
1: but uh, okay well you know that's it's all part FAC of the development
0: natural form it was in yeah. it's natural form
1: yeah exactly well, that, that's a very lovely segue, actually, because we were going to talk about what we've learned um, trying to do some of the podcast and bits and bobs, because we're aware that the the first um, episode, um, some of the kind of um, sound wasn't great. And part of that was to do <laughs> to do with your small head, apparently. <laughs> so you said. Yeah.
0: Well, I do have a small
1: head. Say again. I do have a
0: small head. And it wasn't my fault it was just that i have really small ears so
1: it wouldn't yeah sit on my head. so your headset wouldn't stay on yeah and it was very blowy wasn't it um and then um so that we've got an interview today we've got an interview with um well i'm not part of the interview but it's an interview with jacob my son but it was just yourself and rob that did that um and whilst it's a i mean it is a great interview actually i have to say i i i i'm trying to figure out the words um I thought it was very kind of, um, open and honest and, um, kind of no holds barred. Um, but again, the setup for that was, um, with, uh, one of those shared speakers and it, uh, shared microphones and, um, some of the kind of the, the, I mean, you can hear everybody. It's just that sometimes it dips a little bit. So, um, I think for me, um what i'm learning is that we need to just do it remotely because it's lovely to do i love doing them in the same room but we just don't we can't afford the technology to be able to do them in the same room so that's kind of i guess we're just kind of addressing that that sound issue um for listeners but we're you know we're i think we're just going to have to do them remotely for for a while and then see how we go and then if we've got some extra spare cash we can maybe sort out the thing but what 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 sort of thing i mean we've this is only the second episode but what Anything that you've kind of picked up on that's, you know, because you're you're, I, you're used to being interviewed.
0: I know. And it's so weird being on the other side of the chair, because mm-hmm. instead of just like thinking about, OK, what am I, how am I going to answer this question? And kind of when you're telling your life story and your experiences, it's so much easier. Yeah. Whereas when you're interviewing someone, it's like, well, what would the audience want to hear? Or, you know, how kind. And then when you have FAC, you get distracted. So. during the interview with jacob you know we were just i me and him just kept distracting each other and going down (laughs) weird loopholes and poor rob was just like trying to just be like no can we get back to the questions they don't want to be hearing about all this stuff and we're like well we do
1: yeah exactly and but i think it's an insight that's what i was going to say It was an insightful um it was an insightful um interview because it it does provide you with an insight about that kind of thing um and i mean you did venture down the sports route which you kind of that must have distracted you you must have just switched off at that point because it was
0: I, I might have accidentally zoned out and I'm being like what? <laughs> where are we going <laughs> <laughs>
1: um but I, I think as well I mean um you know we've listened to Jacob's interview obviously um and I think that you know it's it's stuff you learn I mean I remember back when first started podcasting and things like um uh de- not delays but you know when when there's a little bit of silence. Unlike the radio, you want to feel that silence. You still want to feel that silence. Whereas on the radio, you wouldn't have any silence because it would just be it would be scripted. It'd be, you know, the rest of it. So whilst we're not scripted, I think it's the preparation that we do, we just need to bear in mind when we're doing interviews how we want them to come across. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things another one of the things I I kind of learned from that interview was that, you know, it might just need a little bit longer preparation time for us um to be able to i mean we had the questions we knew the setup jake has been interviewed before so you knew what to expect um but i think um you know when i think about the ones that um we do on the anf podcast um quite often al will lead it or if it's if it's one of my guests i'll lead it or it, so i think that's kind of the the things that i'm learning um which i just took for granted on 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 the anf so
0: yeah, I think also we're just kind of learning each other's roles. As in, for me and Rob, we're just kind of learning about you know who's going to take the flow on it. I don't know anything about sports, but so I was like, Rob, you, <laughs> you can do that. I know. Nope. And uh, a few times, at a time we're like, I think I know. No, nope, no. Nope, clearly, you don't throw a rugby ball. So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think if you were to throw a rugby ball, that might. I don't know.
0: It wouldn't go very far.
1: No. <laughs> bless you um oh. <laughs> and the other thing about this one this podcast as well is that one of us might not be here for some of the stuff so now rob has um rob finished his placement on friday last week um so he's no longer um with us um full time as he was um he's gonna, going to off to do erasmus um and he's um you know doing various things until then so he might not always be available so it might just be me and you like it is today it might be you and rob I'm um, doing an intro um or it might be me and Rob doing an intro um I doubt that because you you're normally pretty available for me um in that respect so um but yeah I think it's right um but I don't I don't always want to lead it and I think that's kind of because I've done it before I think that is the the temptation is to go down that route but I think that I have to bear in mind that uh, you know we're co-hosts I'm not the main host so you're a co-host so you know you need to you need to fire in with um points and questions and and you know all that sort of stuff and stop me talking
0: is that possible
1: <laughs> i think we're both as bad as each other actually
0: i have to agree <laughs> yeah i i oh i agree and i think for me it's about getting more confident of being like I. it's okay for me to be like interrupting you or like you know butting in on things and also just um because i know i get distracted as well so easily very often i'm like if i ask this question i'm gonna end up going down a weird tunnel and then not really knowing not really getting the answers i would want out of whoever we're interviewing which is why you should let someone else follow and then maybe be like oh okay but you know what about this rather than fully just going straight into it
1: absolutely yeah yeah and i think i i struggle with that i think i struggle more with that when we've got a guest on because i don't want to interrupt their flow but sometimes you have to um because otherwise you would never go into the next topic or you know so that's difficult i mean you know sometimes um al and i text each other when we're recording because he's like oh can you ask something and i'm like i will if you shut up
0: yeah <laughs> my turn now
1: yeah exactly so anyway um so um let's just briefly touch on this interview with jacob so it's it's an uh, like i say it's a really insightful interview um i did i you know this because i told you but um i said to jacob beforehand that i wasn't going to take part and he said why not and he said i said well i want you to be able to speak freely and he said you being there would not stop me speaking freely was that your experience of speaking to him i
0: think he would have whether you had been there or not, he would have still gone with it. But I think it was a respectful thing for you to be like, actually, I'm going to sit this one out because I think in some of the questions we went down different areas that I didn't even think we would be bringing up, mm. um, where he was really honest and all of a sudden it's like, so for you, I imagine some you've already listened to the podcast, but I imagine parts of it might be new news to you, or like new insights of actually, this is what he's thinking about now since the last time he's been on a podcast. Um, yeah. because for me, I was like, "Whoa, that's really insightful." And, Whoa, okay, wow, this is yeah. great. Um, and I think you wouldn't have deterred him from saying anything, but I think it would have been harder for you to be able to really have a huge input when it came to asking questions because
1: yeah. it would be yeah yeah absolutely and and there wasn't very much in there that i didn't know already there was a couple of things but um it was you know it, the, the, none of that was a surprise you know it was all stuff that i went oh yeah okay yeah get that um and and i think that's you know let's face it jacob is very vocal anyway and <laughs> likes to have <tell> his say <laughs> um but he does get he does get like you. He gets distracted. He goes round down rabbit holes and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, so it was, I, that that one's done now, and I don't think that um, you know, I, I I don't think there was anything in there that, like I say, shocked shocked me anyway. Um, and I think that you and Rob did really well to 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 do the interview with um, for your first one. It was your, it was your first ever interview, wasn't it? So oh,
0: it was um, we popped the podcasting cherry. <laughs>
1: You did. You definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> so, on that note, I think um, what we'll do is we'll leave. Um, we'll, we'll we'll stop chatting and um, we will play um, Jacob's interview. So, um, thank you for listening. Um, Jacob's interview coming up. As ever, um, if you would like to be a guest and you've got a connection to the Isle of Ireland, then get in touch. Office at fasdireland.ie. Um, you can contact us through all our socials facebook twitter oh no it's x i don't know twitter stroke x um instagram um linkedin we're on there as well just search fasd island and we'd be happy to talk to you if you've got any feedback tell us we'd like to hear feedback um we're learning as we go so um you know but feel free to and as ever And it's really important to say this, as ever, we have some really amazing workshops and training. Um, A new one that we just announced yesterday actually is Introduction to NVR, Nonviolent Resistance. Um, That's coming up in October. Um, It's for parents, carers and caregivers. And um, yeah, that's really interesting. So that's at FASDIrland.ie forward slash workshops. So Maggie, until next time. Yeah,
0: sit back and relax and enjoy this really amazing, insightful episode. Welcome to episode two of What's the Crack FAC podcast with your hosts, myself, Maggie May,
2: and me, Rob.
0: In this episode, our co-host, Scott, will not be taking part in the interview, as this episode's guest is his son, and he wanted to allow his son to speak openly and freely.
2: Yeah, so Scott's sitting this one out. Jacob, how
3: are you today? I am great, it is a bit warm, but yeah, it's a nice day out. It uh, yeah. is sunny.
2: A bit of sunshine. Uh, you're too
3: much for uh, there. Too much sunshine. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um Welcome so, to the podcast. Yeah, welcome to the yeah. podcast. Sorry, uh thanks for having me. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your age? Your uh, age yeah.
3: Area? Um, I'm 16, turning 17 in a couple of weeks. Um as as they said before, Scott's My my dad then has been for the last eight almost nine years now since I was adopted uh, back in twenty fourteen. So yeah,
2: and you you have FSD. I do have FSD. Yeah, cool. Um. <laughs> uh.
0: So having FASD, um, a lot of people with FSD have strengths. Um and are very good at certain things. Um, can you name a few of your strengths and maybe just talk about them?
3: I mean, I think strengths is just for me, it has to be the the lack of pain. I the missing pain sensors and stuff for for when I play sports, it's especially as a rugby player, it's it's very handy. You can get into multiple contact situations that would normally sit other people out and you can just go on away because you don't you don't feel it. I mean, it can be a strength, but it's also a weakness as well as that sometimes you can get into physical situations that can do severe damage. Like when I dislocated my shoulder, I just didn't didn't pay any attention to it and kept going. And that caused me to have to sit out for nine weeks, which was the worst experience of my life.
2: Mm. How long How long have you been playing rugby? I've
3: been playing rugby since I was ooh, like 10, 11-ish, so like five Five yeah. years, yeah. five six years. Yeah.
2: Joining play over here.
3: Uh, I played for like the last few months living in England before we moved over here. That's why I the first thing I did when I moved here was find a I find a rugby them. team because it was so it 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 gave me a way to release all the energy that I couldn't release anywhere else. Yeah. So when we moved here, it was more concerned to me to find a rugby team to play with than to find a school or do anything else.
2: Mm.
0: And when you had to sit out for those nine weeks, like did you notice? any changes like you, how rugby helps you?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, sitting out for nine weeks, you've no way to get out your, cause your shoulders, banjax, you can't, you can't do anything. So there's no way to release all that extra energy. I mean, you can go for a run, but even then it's gonna hurt your arm. Like it's, so there's just no way to release anything. So I did find myself getting amped up at people and annoyed at people because there was no way for me to get the anger or like annoying annoyance out.
2: Cool. Um, that's kind of a bit of a, it'd be a bit of a sensory thing, isn't it? Yeah. The whole yeah, pain true. tolerance and that. Absolutely. Any other kind of sensory things you have? Um, I know maybe like food. Yeah, Is food. For
3: food for me, I like. I I love food. I eat pretty much anything as Friends long myself. as yeah, as long can. as it doesn't crunch. Yeah, I hate crunchy things. So especially like normally every day for school, I get the same thing because I'm a creature of habit. I routine. I have to have the same thing every day. So when I get a meal, it's the same thing, and the same people have to make it. So I go for lunch. And I'll get a wrap, but they always offer you crisps at the end, and they know now in the in the the place I get my lunch that I don't eat crisps because I've told them so many times and now and explained to them the reasons why. Like and it just they. Then now they know it's a lot easier for me because I have to explain every single time. Yeah. Oh, I don't want crisps, and they're like, or oh, everyone takes them. I'm like, you know, it's just not yeah. a thing for me. Yeah, um, Rob
0: loves his crisps.
3: I do, I like
2: crisps. Um, that's one thing nice got in the office when i reading crisps and the, the noise of them. What's called um, them? Misophonia, misophonia yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so routine is a big thing there. But um, I wanted to ask you something just about when you're when you're when you're telling. So like in the cafe there, like you've been told about yeah. FSD or whatever. Like, but how how do you think? So obviously, everyone's experience of having FSD is different. But like, do you think it's important for people to have peer to peer chats about the condition?
3: Absolutely. I mean, like for for someone me, like I. I... I get uneasily with younger people than I do older people because the maturity level isn't isn't on par with with most of the people I go to school with. Yeah. So my friends end up being a year or two below me because they still have that immaturity and that energy the same as I do. Yeah. And I tend to find that people find being around me a bit awkward because I have too much energy or I'm always doing stuff or moving around or saying stuff or some of that. So I have with Mo- pretty much all of my friends explain to them and now now that they understand and I've, I've spoken to them about it, the ins and outs of FBSD and how it affects me they understand and now in situations when before they would have been like what the hell is he doing? Mm-hmm. Now they're like oh okay I, I get it and a lot of them also help me like especially mm-hmm. when I do theatre camps, my friends that do theatre camps with me, I do get overwhelmed in certain situations and if I can't deal with that situation because they know they're there to help me, and they can help me deal with the the situation. So it, it's it's definitely important to to let the people around you know how they can help you and the best ways to support you in situations.
2: Mm. Yeah, cool. Um, so like you, like you, you I would like a lot of people. You've got a few friends in that around the place. I do. I talk. I talk uh, to absolutely
3: everybody. That's, pro- that's probably a, that's probably another another thing that FSD has helped. I've like, zero fear of talking to people. I'll talk to anybody.
0: Were you ever worried? So, like, was there ever a point where you were worried that if you told your friends that you have FASD, that their reaction or, you know, just how they treated you would be different?
3: I mean, I'm a very outgoing person, so I'll tell people pretty much anything. So, when I did, there was no really, there was like a, oh, they might think different, but Oh, oh well, just tell them. And then once you explain stuff to them, they're, they're all relatively like open and they, they want to learn about things. So explain mm-hmm. to them, they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's fair enough. We will get why you like that though, yeah. So it, to me personally, I I wasn't bothered, but that's just how I am as a person. I'll talk to anybody about anything. Well,
2: how about you,
0: uh... I think for me, um... I was really scared to tell people I had FASD um, because at that time there was so much negativity around the diagnosis um, and there was so much judgment of oh okay she must be a troublemaker or you know she must come from this line of alcoholics or whatever um, because that stigma was still around. um, Whereas now I think the awareness the fact that it's not just Alcoholics who have kids with FHDs, one drink can cause it. Um,
2: Happens in all parts of society. Like, yeah, true. And um, how's how? So you're on you're on school holidays. We're we're in the middle of July here at moment. And um, but like during school. You you like school, just from talking to you before. You get on well at school, yeah. and um, but it can often be the case that people with FSD struggle in school. Absolutely. And um, yes. down to where well, they might not have a diagnosis, so teachers might not understand, or the school isn't set up to have the supports in place, and even people with FSD might drop out of school. Um, but you're doing. You seem to be anytime in 10 You seem to be doing grand. But I want to kind of ask you what. What has helped you to enjoy it and get on so well in school? Like what supports has the school got?
3: Or I think my ability to still be in school and still be thriving in school falls down to dad and his his ability to, to uh, explain situations and help put in supports because it's all well and good schools knowing about things, but just because they know doesn't mean they know how to support it or like mm-hmm. they can know about something but not know how to... Put stuff in place to help the person with those things. I think, especially with having my um, my SNAs in my classes, it it's it's incredibly important because, like a lot a lot of times, I can't do teachers repeating questions. It's like I'm not stupid. It's just take me a second to yeah. Like that what's that twenty one second delay was we, mm-hmm. the, we spoke about before and something else it was like it takes me a while to to take in things. So the the SNAs can then take the teacher if they see the teacher getting annoyed at me for not saying it's just like hold on give him a second he just needs to think and I will get to the answer it's yeah. just it's just going to take me a, take me a bit to get to it so it is awkward answering verbal questions because because of the delay but with with the SNAs there and also because I struggle to understand things like I just basic stuff like questions that the SNAs can explain it to me again in a way I can understand because I I understand the teachers have a whole class of mm-hmm. 30 or so people to teach they can't be explaining it differently to each person that's why it's incredibly important to have an SNA there with me mm-hmm. to help me understand what's going on in the class.
2: Because people do need to learn, people do learn differently like. which is the same too so you know I always thought that in school kind of the school system when I was there, like learning languages, like it's fair backwards. It you know, like when we're at home, we're learning a language, be it any country in the world, learn how to speak it before you learn how to write it yeah. or read it. Like, Whereas now, like then you go to school and you learn how to read Irish, you learn how to read French, You learn, and then you learn how to write it, and then you learn how to speak it a few months before you have an oral exam or something. Yeah. It's a bit it's... mad, isn't it? it's, it's and like people do learn differently like
3: I mean, you very
2: different to maggie and i learn different to maggie and i learn different to you and it could be different yeah, places, it, yeah.
3: I, mean, I, I, I love learning languages languages is something i love i mean i i'm not fluent in anything other than english but i spend a lot of time learning the alphabets and words and letters so i can it, listen to to another language and pick apart what they're saying especially with the wide knowledge, like wide knowledge of multiple languages, not a vast knowledge of individual ones, but knowing small bits from each just helps in in situations, especially abroad because with dad speaking Spanish, I hear it all all the time. I I can't speak it, but I can understand what's being said. Because that's how how you get taught. You do all your listening comprehensions. So you listen to the teacher talking. You're reading stuff, so you're understanding words. But they don't they don't teach you how to say things and talk in fluid sentences. So.
2: Yeah, you have a good bit of a interest in the world too, like oh,
3: the kind of it's just such an amazing place. Like there's the, so much going the thing
2: on. With the name of the flies. This side for our listeners now. I've never seen. We were coming back in a train from Dublin. And you're playing this game on the phone. The flags, flag, yeah. And what you you so you get a flag up on the phone, and there's yeah. four options. What country could be? Yeah, and what what's it? There's hundred ninety eight. Hundred ninety seven flags,
3: and I got hundred eighty. No, hundred ninety. You got
2: ninety. Hundred
3: ninety two. I think it was one hundred ninety two, one hundred ninety three of one hundred ninety seven. Yeah, it's it falls back down to obsessions. Yeah. I. Or Special interests, as a lot of people call it, which is a typical shape for people with autism as well. The special interest uh, I find something yeah. and I get stuck on it, yeah, that's, that's what it was with flags.
2: in on it yeah. and you
3: just really want to oh, master it or be good at it. Like, I mean, when there's when you get in, if it was just the flag and it was saying type the answer, that's that's a different story because mm-hmm. then you got to rack through every country you know. Whereas when you have four, it's a lot easier because you go, all oh, right, well, that one's obvious. You know what that one is. Everybody yeah. knows that. These ones are other side of the world, you know, sort of different looking. And then you can, like, use a process of elimination. But, yeah, yeah, I get stuck on things and I try to be the best I, I can at them. Like, I mean, I don't play basketball. But when I, when I play, I, I play throughout the summer because there's no rugby to be played. I go play basketball. And... I'm not the best, I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm a physical guy, I was from rugby and basketball, We're in and out, No, there's no like physical contact. And it's in the shootings are just a very difficult skill, but I take that time and I go, okay, I wanna learn this. I'll go home and I'll work my backside off a week straight to get better. And it's, it's really rewarding because some people can do it for some time and then they move on to something else whereas if I get stuck on something I'm gonna get good at it yeah and and then the people around you go wow how how do you think and I'm like I to be honest I don't know I just did it a bunch of times and now I can I can do those sort of things you know so Mm. obsessions help
0: Do you ever find that when that happens, once you become good at it, all of a sudden you have no more interest in it and you've moved on to uh, something else?
3: Yeah, I. Just, that was when I did Rubik's cubes. I was obsessed with Rubik's cubes for the longest time, and I solved solved solve from one by ones up to thirteen by thirteens, and triangles and all sorts of random things. And I could do them fairly fast. I mean, I used to do the three by three in like eighteen seconds. Um, a three by three cube now. Yeah. So it's
2: three squares across,
3: three yeah, squares yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. Deeper, right? I used to do that all the time and I'd never do anything else like I'd take it everywhere with me. I'd be walking down the street doing it I'd be in the classroom doing it which really annoyed the teachers but the SNAs were there to go he's regulating himself he's doing this he's is that the so- normal one the tree by tree. yeah yeah and so it goes up to what 13? Yeah, you will. I mean, you can do do like 17 by 17s and all sorts of things, but yeah, they just get bigger and bigger and more to solve because Mm -hmm. you've got to try and solve for that middle bit when you've got all sorts of stuff out there. You know, you've got 13 rows of things to be thinking about. But, uh, you know, I used to do all of those. And then I was like, I got good at them and I was like, so then I moved on to something else but I can still do all of those things yeah I just not to the yeah, level I did before like yeah, and yeah. the 13 by 13s are gone to the like because it's way too complicated but, but when when you're doing them for such a long time and that's all you do then you get get good at it which is helping me with my driving theory now I, I'm doing that and I'm like all right well I got 34 on this I need to get however many more, I'm going to do it. And I learned every single question. What's 36? I think 36 out of 40. So why do you get 34 once? 34. I 34. The first one, the first one at 39. And then the rest of it, I got, the rest of it, I got um just below, just below passing, which was annoying, but also motivation because I was like, I'm, I need to do this, I know I can do it because I did it the first time, Yeah. so I'm going to do it, and I've been doing all of the questions and stuff, there's one section with 415 questions, yeah. I've done it, yeah. I sat down and did 415 of these questions, it wasn't the best in the world because there were so many questions, so I got loads wrong, I got like 100 and something wrong, yeah. but I did it, I did all of those questions, and because I was like, I'm I'm going to do this. why the so,
2: wording them kind
3: of tests are... Trigger, get started yeah. on the wording because they ask you they'll ask you the same question two different ways yeah and then give you different sets of answers that say the same thing you know like like increase or impede mm. they they're the same they're the same words to me when i'm looking at it because if i'm scrolling down the list going i know what the answer is mm. and you've worded it differently i'm like i ain't got a clue what it is now yeah and just give up but
0: do you no. think that's there for like and I don't drive, and I'm never going to drive because um, I would kill someone before I even left my house Ooh, gate. Oh, I, know I know I would get so distracted. Bang, pretty much, um, I can't even ride a bike without getting distracted. But do you think that having them worded in two different ways is, you know? And I know nothing about driving, um, so if you're on signage in Ireland, it might be different to what it's like in the UK. So is it so that say? Once I mean something in Ireland, but in the UK, it might mean completely different meaning.
3: I mean, I guess, but a lot I mean, a lot of the signage is, is basic. Well, for, for me I find it basic. Mm. It's it's more of the in this situation, yeah, what do you do? And it gives you like four answers and like two of them are plausible. It's just one is better than the other. Yeah. And it's like the signs like I could do signs all day long, like because you this, this is the thing you see all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like when you look yeah, out of a car window, like,
2: like if there's a car traveling in front of you with a trailer, how far yeah. behind? How far be behind? Yeah. Or yeah. Like if, it's, you're behind. if it's a normal car with no trailer, yeah, it's like it's a
3: different space. So, and so it's it's not, not trying to be behind. It.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's like there's Because the stopping
3: stopping distance on a yeah. car yeah. with a trailer is increased. Well, yeah. oh,
0: it's like those questions go be like, how do you slow down a train? if you have to push someone in front of it or not.
3: Huh? You know, the, oh, <laughs> and like the ones <laughs> where it's, it's like, you have three, there's like yeah. three people and you have a, tr- it's like split roads. So there's three old people, on the one train change the track on one side and it's like one younger person change uh, yeah, the track yeah. on the other side. And you, you have to pick which way you're you, the train you, driver. Yeah, yeah, which which way or you're, you're the person that signals the thing to yeah. switch tracks. Yeah. Which which way do you go? Do you kill the three old people yeah. or do you kill the one young person?
0: Which leads on which to which to be a driver. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's a it's a moral yeah, it's a moral what... situation where you have to yeah. choose what is better I to asked, do. I asked
2: Chris that uh the other day and he had sure he from in Railway, yeah, he had a whole different thing. he gave a whole like some sort of systems that are there that like change yeah, changed if sure, over. If, if, the, and you were going at high enough space, the train like, might derail or something, so
3: you yeah. wouldn't, you wouldn't kill anyone. But yeah, he used to do that with me all the time. I was like, what if, because he used to talk about people jumping in front of trains and stuff as that's just that was a part of one of his jobs. and and I was like, but when they just stop the train? He's like, well, not for one person, no. it's just the way for the train and just stop him for, but if it's like three sheep, then they stop the train, or if it's like two cows, I think he it's uh, I think
2: certain... it's six if there's more than six animals or something on it. I don't I don't know, know. It's it's something so something sad.
3: silly. Like if for one sheep, they're just gonna plow over the sheep yeah, and keep going. But if it's number. over a certain yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit more it right? has to be like my my dad though, he like he worked on the railway for many years, but he also gets obsessed with things as well. And that's with, with his with his um announcements on the train. Like he, he did those however many years ago now. Still and announced. he can still remember from Aberdeen to Penzance every single train station the whole way. Like it's yeah, not impressive. It's it's like me with flags. We're yeah.
0: Mm. It's back to obsessiveness. Everyone probably, yeah. There's a bit of it,
3: in everyone like.
2: Yeah, really.
0: Everyone has it, it's
3: just when you have FASD, it's ramped up a little bit. You and... just get yeah. that noxious turnout. Yeah, to like eight, yeah. nine, nine <laughs> rather than a two. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I do obsess over some things. Tractors. Tractors. I don't even have a tractor. And kills. I don't. Yes. Know. I'm not actually from a farm. Horses. <laughs> I've seen plenty of farms, but I'm not actually from one. Didn't grow up on one. Farms are cool. Yeah there you go. Yeah. You're dressed like you he says he says he puts on a cowboy hat with yeah. <laughs> a big big hanging out the mouth. <laughs> sure, well, yeah. uh, it's like something out of that uh, program yellowstone. No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah. you seen that?
3: Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah. I've
2: only seen little clips of it or something. I know it's like, it's good.
3: I love it.
2: Is it? It's really good. Sorry, right, yeah. What's it horse ranch
3: or cow ranch or
2: what?
0: Cattle I mean? ranch
3: love to working in a cattle ranch i spent yeah. spent four hours last night watching as uh, like 2018 all-American like the cow thing. They do like they do like um free free riding, so uh bareback riding. Yeah. But they like they ride it bareback or they they like lasso calves from mm. out the block and they have to do it in a shorter amount of time or they have to like tie up the legs or they have to jump off the horse onto like and hook the horns and pull the pull the cow to the ground. Yeah. I, I spent four hours watching one of those. Just <laughs> just just for the head of That's it.
2: That's gone down a rabbit hole.
3: Yeah, because I, I was I was stuck in I was stuck in Western mode. I was like, I'm obsessed with this now. I've seen too many Western things yeah. get get, get, me, get me going down there.
1: Mm.
3: So I just spent ages watching that and learned the ins and outs on a bunch of the bull riders. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: We've all been there.
2: Um you I, I just want, like, we've kind of talked about what's um what you've been doing at the moment to watch it done before whatever but uh to, like what are your plans for the future after school Going to go to college
3: absolutely I do want to go to college I think I think that's something everybody should attempt to do you know at some point it's mm-hmm. just try and try and get a qualification if it's not for you it's not for you you know yeah. then you don't do it but it's something that everyone should should give a give a shot to because you never know where you might take it I mean I mean for me I want to do psychology but uh if I could do anything like I like I love art. So mm-hmm. if I don't if I don't get the points of psychology and do fine art in NCAD, like it's there's, there's there's always be a second I think yeah. There's there's thing the main thing you want to do in life, which is psychology for me, because I love the way people work as someone that's that's quite interesting for other people that that look how people work to look at, you know, how my mind works. I like to know how other people's mind works and figure out why other people think certain things you know or do certain things like you got you got to love watching criminal documentaries and that and yeah. why criminals do things or how their brain works you know so that's why i want to do psychology to to get a better understanding how other people work because maybe in learning how other people work i can gain an even greater than i already have understanding how i work mm. you know and i can psychoanalyze so myself in situations you know and i can go all right i need to do this or i need to do that you know
0: oh that is so funny um that's why I did psychology I did one year in university of psychology and then COVID hit so uh had to uh take a break from that but that's why I wanted to do it is because I wanted to I think I always felt like everyone was like trying to figure out how I worked and so I felt like okay it's time for me to turn the tables and yeah. actually I want to know how you work yeah um, yeah
2: and now the tables have turned. I know. Oh, the trans
0: team. Now I
2: just trans get to tab. see
0: how everyone works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder, is that a thing, uh, kind of grown up nor diverse, and constantly having kind of assessments being made on you or something like, do you kind of, then when you get a little bit older, want to kind of figure it out for yourself? I mean, rather than just being told all the time about these things. I mean, like,
3: yeah, for, for the amount of times you've sat in rooms and had people try and get information out of you because they're trying to figure out this, that, and the next thing, by the time you're out of all of that, you kind of like, oh, screw you, you know, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this all myself. I'm going to figure everything out, yeah. you know, because you you always think, I mean, I don't know, some people want to be helpful. I know, especially me when I went, used to go to play therapy and music therapy and all this sort of next thing, I made it my mission to give them nothing. Yeah. I, I made their life as difficult as I could. I gave them nothing. And somehow they always came out with stuff. And that amazed me. I was like, I don't know how you figured that out. Because I said nothing the entire time I was in there you know so then I'm then it, spark, it sparked a thing in me going oh, I, I did nothing and they still figured that out mm. I want to be able to figure out what everyone else is doing if they don't want to tell me nothing you know yeah which is great because then you can figure out when people are lying which is fun
2: <laughs> yeah um yeah I'd kind of be like that too I'd be like John. You know, someone told me I couldn't do something or someone said I wasn't good enough I'd be like just spite, yeah. I'm just gonna show you here now. Actually, I can yeah. do that. I'm mean, good enough.
3: <laughs> Same in rugby. Like I've, I played, I played seven for, like the whole start of my, my thing, and, and everyone was like, oh, you're yeah, we're forward, you're stuck in the forwards, and then by the end of, what's under 15s, under six, no, under 15s, starting sixteens, I played in the backs, mm-hmm. and I was probably one of the better backs that our team had, and everyone was like how would you go from being what well, everyone assumes the forwards is like the, the heavier slower like just the 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 rough dudes that that take all the yeah. hits to a, br- a bit of brute force yeah, the to, to the, yeah, the heavy artillery to the backs who are the little dainty pretty boys that don't want to get hit mm-hmm. you know and do the all the yeah. do the like running around the field yeah, and then the cry fish. every time they get hit yeah and and i was i went up to 12 and everyone was like hey, you're a unit out there because being big and fast it's going to suit playing out in open field better because you Mm -hmm. get one-on-one situations yeah and then from there I went on to the wing which you go how did a person go from the slow positions to the fast fellas on the outside of the field and it was like oh people said oh you won't do that like I used to talk to all the wings all the time and they're like you will not be able to do my job and I'm like I, I put in the hits you miss all your tackles like we get it you're fast but Stand in front of them and stop them next time. Yeah. And, and they were like, oh yeah, you say you try to do it. Like, All right. Yeah. So I'd go out there and what do I get told to there from? Oh, you make a great winger, you know? So it's just, you say, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like, that's like like growing up when, you, when your parents go, oh, if, if Jimmy jumped off a cliff, would you jump after him? You know, that sort of thing. Like if, yeah. if your mates did it, will you jump after after you've done something stupid? You know, mm. they're like, oh, well, if they jumped off a cliff, would you? And I'm like, I mean. I, I mean, so, yeah. if someone said don't do it, I'm going to be like, ah, I, I can survive, that, you yeah. know, and you just, you know, us, it's just, it's just how I am, you know, determined, mm-hmm. it's so, yeah. a better word for it, yeah. Do you yeah.
0: ever think that having FASD, people always just assume you can't do stuff instead of just asking, can I mean, you do this? Or?
3: I mean, people, people do, but I think that's, that's more new people when I meet new people, because especially like when the fir- the drama camp that I used to do, when it got, when my 50 got I explained to them, the, I think it's the second time I'm going to that camp, because I wasn't diagnosed by it then the second time I'm going to the camp and explain, even though they already knew me they they already went this, we've got this, you know, and then they started the babying me as such, like trying to walk me through everything yeah, okay, and over explain yeah. things. It's like, I get it. You want to help, mm. but I'm not a two-year-old child. You don't need to explain everything to me. You've seen I'm capable of doing this. I've been the main, main character in these for however many years I've done it with you. You know, I can do it. Mm. But the second they, they get a piece of information going, oh, they have an issue with this. They're like, oh, we have, we have to, have to make that the main priority yeah. and stop them from doing everything else. And I, I mean, good. yeah, it's, it's a pain in the backside, which it'll probably be the same when I go to do my one in August now where They'll, they'll they'll know because dad'll talk to them which I'm glad. And, um is this a new one you're going to yeah this is a different one son in London. Do you have I any think. kind of
2: nerves about going?
3: I don't care. No. I I know I'm good at what I do so I'm yeah. I'm
2: You're confident.
3: Yeah. If sure if I don't get wrong I don't get wrong. That just means there's better people, you know? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my best, but so sure, you can't you can't win everything right? Mm. I mean like they're explaining stuff, they're explaining the FSD to other people like in those situations so it's sometimes it, it's too much like they want to help too much and it's like they don't want to step off but another great place where explaining it is the rugby field mm-hmm. every time I step onto that rugby field my 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 first thing is to to ask the coach whether he's spoken to the ref or not about the thing because a lot of the time at the start of me playing rugby I get sent off for all sorts of things because I couldn't deal with the ref like having to go at me or oh, this next from childhood trauma or so, something the shouting and um and the refs wouldn't have a clue so they'd be like, all right I'll send you off you're not you're not cooperating with me it's like I am just give me another second you know let me, mm-hmm. let, me let me compute everything and uh so that would happen but now every time I go onto the field the coach either talks to the ref or I go over and talk to the ref and explain and the refs go oh yeah okay yeah I, I understand that I'll, I'll keep in mind I'll keep keep an eye on it and I'll I'll, I'll keep it in the forefront you know, and that, that's helped me because, I mean, in the last two seasons, I think I've picked up like two cards, yeah. like two yellow cards over the entire things. And they weren't even, they weren't like attitude or ability, like like mental ability wise. It was just like a tackle was a slight bit high or a slight bit late, you know? Mm. So they weren't there weren't anything near as bad as they used to be before like i mean i used to storm the field and 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 get really mad and go to charge at people like and my players would have to stop me Mm -hmm. so it's it i guess it's a bit of maturing and a bit of the the people around you know how to deal with you because even Mm -hmm. even my players like the i've played with these boys since under and under 13s i've played with those boys since under 13s so they they know me they know what i can do and and uh, we'll be on that field and they'll see me getting amped or because they'll see the tackles creep up because I'm known for textbook tackles. I'm known for being able to hit and do it properly. And they see the tackles start to creep up or they start to get later or I'm putting in excessively heavy hit or um, I'm like running either straight across the field to find a gap because I want to just run or. Um, driving the shoulder straight into somebody as I'm going forward. And they come over and they're like, Jacob, take a second,
2: take a second.
3: Like, we know, you don't, you don't got to prove anything to anybody. Mm. We we know that you're the strongest on this field. Like, I mean, a lot of the time they're just amping me up. They're, they're, they're like hyping up my things because I'm either annoyed because I messed something up. So now I'm getting angry or like, you know, so they're like, look, we know you can put in hits. We know you've probably got the strongest hit here. And I can just kind of just bring myself back down. But everybody knows now. Mm. So they everyone on the field supports me and helps me, you know. And I think that's, that's the great thing about team sports. When you play from a young age and play with the same boys, like or the same girls or whatever, like play with the same people, you gain that, like, family sort of unit. Yeah. You know how to help each players and you know what what suits them best. And that's that's help, helped me greatly in staying with the field. You
2: know, So in... Will be in education, life, kind of in general, kind of understanding is becoming
3: absolutely. I mean, you always have to have people around. you. It's that safe safety net. You need those. You need the people around you that can help you in situations because you're not always going to be capable of doing things. I mean, like we're, we're capable of doing whatever we want, but sometimes we're going to need more help. Like mm. we could have done the same thing yesterday, perfectly fine. But today is a different day and something in the morning or so something has happened that's and now we're amped up and annoyed and we can't do it. We need someone to just come in and go, wait, Just stop it for a minute and take a second and then then look at it again, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. That's a great old rugby. <laughs> I am like, no idea what's going on. Don't play rugby. I'm like, okay. Yeah.
2: Um yeah. And do you, do you think you you you've no sign of stopping playing rugby? In here? No.
3: I'm I'm am going to be on that field until the day I drop. Yeah. If I'm playing pensioners walking rugby or wheelchair rugby, I'll oh, still be playing rugby. Over fifties. Over oh, yeah. fifties walking rugby. Mm-hmm. I'd still be doing it. Yeah.
2: It's good though, yeah. You, you have something that you, that you love that much. It's important.
3: Yeah. Uh, like that Japanese goalkeeper, what? The Japanese international goalkeeper. Yeah, he was like fifty-four and he's still playing professional soccer. Then
2: I don't even think he's a goalkeeper. I think he plays outfield. No, he was a goalkeeper. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. thought, thought he was a goalkeeper. I thought you, I an outfield player. Or not.
3: Maybe he was. I, I, don't know, I thought it was keeper, but
2: it was very mad done.
3: Mm. that's at that age, was. like, and you're competing with a twenty-year-old, like, and you're yeah. still beating them to a position, like. That just shows, shows your skill. You've been
2: playing longer than a lot of in life. yeah, exactly. It's
0: <laughs> all going over
2: my head, <laughs> Maggie. You're not, you're,
0: you're. not a
2: you're sport. sports head, you're a theater head, yeah.
0: I spent the last two days, two weeks watching Wimbledon. I do sport, just really. Did you
2: watch Wimbledon?
0: I did watch Wimbledon.
2: What was the story? He's <laughs> at the end of it. Who won it? I hadn't clue. Probably Djokovic or something. It
0: wasn't, it was uh, it was, it was Alcaraz.
2: Did he play Djokovic? He did play
0: Djokovic and it was like a Three and a half hour match.
2: Really what?
0: Started at two and like ended at like five to seven. So um it was a it was a great match. It was intense. I was
3: a great match. It's two people stood at either side Rock- of a square smacking a ball at each other. Rockets There's nothing fun broken. about that. Rockets I
2: think it's not
0: broken. I
2: think
3: it is a pretty good uh kind of a good sport to watch. Cricket's fun. That's just Cricket. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the distance so many people throw them balls? Like, what? That's that's crazy.
0: They have a bat.
3: Yeah, but when the outfielders have to throw it back into centre wicket, like, it's...
0: Did I not mention I don't do sports? <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're not
2: playing baseball when the ball Yeah, rounders. Like, ...attach it out in the outfield. Yeah. No throw it back in,
3: yeah.
0: Same as rugby, though, right? You're tossing the ball.
3: You don't toss the ball anyway. You, you pass it backwards. I mean, you can kick it forwards. But... Oh,
0: I'm going to get a victory from this podcast. You will.
3: You will. You will. <laughs> you
2: know what you want, mate. Um, just go back to college there a so, second. Do you think? Uh, um, so, so I had any idea where you ul You And do you think you live at home or do you move out?
3: Move out. You move out? I want the independence. Like, yeah. I mean I'm all for I'm all for being helped, but I'm I'm like I know I can do things and I'm stubborn. I'm like, I will I will do this because the people say, Oh, you won't you won't be able to do this or you wouldn't have been able to do that, like when i was younger people was like oh they won't make it, he won't make it out of secondary school and look i've I've a year left yeah. you know i've one year left to do yeah. and, and i've pro- proven an entire teaching panel wrong you know or or not teaching panel but like board, board panel over yeah. a school that approved them all wrong you know so people are saying you won't, you won't be able to to live by yourself and go to college and be on time to things so now being on time is a different story because i have no time like in a clock but you know i i will do my best to to live by myself and support myself because like it's it's not my is not gonna it's not gonna stop me from living an adult life you know i don't i don't want to be. I don't want to be mid thirties and still having people having to help me with situations like, I, I'm sorry. I want to be, I want to be mid thirties living, living in Arizona, Texas on the ranch with yeah. the horses and stuff, you know, or just anyway, you know, just living, you, living, yeah, living the things. life, yeah. just, just living the life that you want to live in independently with, with wife and kids and stuff like that. You know, mm. that is another worry though. Just, I, I know it's not pass on, but like you should, Drinking, remembering to to stop drinking and stuff. It's like a because people in situations I know now from my my brother and and his girlfriend having a kid, and she's just like stopped drinking at all. Like mm-hmm. and before they they drink on when we go on holidays they drink on drinking the grounds and stuff, and then when they found oh. out they're pregnant, it's just yeah nothing, just completely stop because it's like. I just always worry, and I think it's a big, big part of my my head, head the whole time when I see people drinking. I'm like, do they know yeah. the impact? Because it's not that widely known, yeah. is it? No. And I work, I work support, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: like two days. I already kind of do two days a week, but like, sure that's another thing. Like anytime people are they'll be asking, oh, why are you rarely here or whatever? I was like, oh, sure, I have another job, like. Yeah, I used to do a job as well, like one yeah. day to Friday I'm here. We explain what it is, what we do, whatever. And they're just, every person you playing kind of, they don't know about it. And it's like, yeah, it, it will be a worry. Like
3: It's always, um, it's always on my mind. Like, yeah. I'm on there walking past clubs going, it's, I see all of these people sat in here. Yeah. And who knows what, what could be happening? Because, you know, like you're with your partner, you want to go on a night out. We sure you don't know what happens happens yeah. next like and you're not always gonna be aiming to have kids or something like that and you yeah. might not realize till, till further on like it's yeah
2: the thing we try kind of just be saying is like obviously that is an issue I mean, you, you know like drunken sex does happen too like and it can happen then as well like, but um it's just to kind of taking the responsibility of maybe pre-planned Pregnancy, you know, there's yeah. protection out I mean,
3: I know myself yeah. growing up. I was like, I don't want kids mm-hmm. because I don't want to run the risk of like causing anything. Because as as a kid, I knew there was stuff wrong, but like this is like early child going, not knowing exactly what what's up and why why I'm like why I am. Yeah, and I'm there going, I don't want kids because I don't want to, I don't want to run the risk of passing anything on if if possible you know if it is possible yeah and i was like i don't want. but now now i'm, I'm more grown up which eight eight years on in the future i'm going i want kids i want to want a family yes, As most people do they want to yeah. you know they grow old with their partner and have the kids and watch the kids thrive and yeah. prosper and, and so i'm like now I'm, i've learned about myself and i know i know the how, how how my body works and how how i need to prevent things because you know even even looking back at my family too my dad was my dad and mom was 16 when they had me his yeah. dad my my dad's dad was 16 and had when had him mm. it that age okay i'm older now than both than both my dad and his dad were when they had kids crazy you enough. know so like i have to break that cycle but i didn't want to break it in the cycle of not having kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to have kids, but I have to move on. Yeah, just yeah. later late on in life.
2: But you know, like, you know, like, what can happen. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I think it, that's all you can really do is just as long as the education's there, like, it will slowly. So,
3: like, yeah, it's just it's something I want for it. everybody to innovate, though. Yeah. It's not, it's not right that, like, because everyone yeah. has a somewhat idea of autism and has a somewhat idea of down syndrome and yeah. every, every the most of the hidden slash not hidden disabilities the ones like they're hidden but they affect you physically and those sort of things like people have an idea of, like cerebral palsy most most people know somewhat about them but you say FSD to people and they go huh yeah uh, what what, what are you on about FASD yeah <laughs> f-e-s-d or what like they haven't they haven't a clue and i think it might not have as great an impact like fsd might not have as great an impact on your life as down syndrome cerebral palsy all those sort of things but it's still going to affect your life in like heavily and it needs to be known more because mm. otherwise, and if it's aren't not,
2: gonna... then it's going to affect your life even more. In- exactly. If there's it's... The right sports, so like if you didn't have, like maybe if things did go along the way, as what the teachers had said yeah. at the very start of your education, that you won't make it true. If things had stayed the way and there weren't interventions put in place, yeah. or there, you didn't get this and the right sports, maybe it their predictions right. could have yeah. gone that way. But like because people know I and mean, then, Get I think the I think, right sports in place, you can change
3: it. I think it's also the the route to route to diagnosis, which you know more more about than than I will. But the route to diagnosis with FASD is going to take it takes a while, no? Yeah. Um, it's like how how long is it normally?
0: Uh I think there's two things. It's there's maybe two places in Ireland that can you can get a diagnosis. Um, and there's just so many loops and red tape and. Assessments that by the time you finally get an appointment, um, if you are any aged over eighteen, you automatically cannot get a diagnosis.
3: Um, See, it, it, it's it's hell. It's it's hell on earth trying to trying to bring awareness to something that even the government of the country you live in is going. It's it's fine because they, they're too ashamed. I mean, Ireland being was it the second second most prevalent for FASD in the world mm-hmm. was that behind South Africa yeah. yeah as as a country with such high prevalence in something you'd think the government would go oh crap we need to we need to do something about this because it's going to affect our greater population. And, you know, like th- there's probably loads of people walking around now throughout Ireland, there's hundreds and thousands of people that don't have a diagnosis, but don't even know about FSD and they're living with it. And they're just finding life really difficult.
2: You know, so the, the last prevalence study that was done was in 2017 and one an organization under the WHO, World Health Organization, uh, would say four point seven five percent the Irish population, which is higher than autism
3: percent of yeah,
2: and it's higher than Down syndrome and
0: cerebral palsy. Yeah, it's, like it's the, the most population.
2: prevalent neurodevelopmental disability in Ireland. Yeah. That's about two hundred forty four thousand people. A, that's almost a quarter of a million people in Ireland just as you say walk
3: around and are clue that might yeah. have it. Exactly. And that's, that's crazy to me. Like the government's all for, all for helping like people with disabilities and this, that, and the next thing, but just not like, they, they, there's this, there's this thing, this, this thing, FSD that that is affecting the the greatest amount of their population compared to other things. And they're doing nothing about it. It's just, Mm. just gets on my nerves. Yeah. We're doing something about it, though, Yeah, Yeah, we are indeed, we're trying indeed. our best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. get it on the map.
2: Yeah, getting it on the map is right. Yes, yeah,
0: Uh Well, I think first, I think we both want to thank you for coming yeah. in. Thanks um, me. It's been really insightful. Um, I think I'm going to. Good old chat. To, it's been a good, good old, I've, I've learned lots about sport and FAC, Um, So thank you for that. And I think the question I'm going to leave you on is. For our audience listening who may live or know someone with FASD or for someone who has FASD or this is their first time hearing about FASD, what tip or advice would you like them to know about what it's like living with FASD?
3: It's a balls. (laughs) I'll tell you that now. It's, it's hard. Like especially living with it, it's, it's hard. It's gonna, it's gonna impact your ability to, to do things, deal with certain situations. So for living with it or just, just, just after getting a diagnosis with it, get a support network. Talk to the people that you live around, the school, your college, your workplace, and explain to them that this is what's is happening and you might need help in these situations. It's not a case of we're incapable of doing things. It's a case of we need help doing things to the best of our ability. Because we can do things, but we need the people around to remind us of certain things or or help us with certain things or help us process or understand situations. So my, my advice is if you have it, get that support network. If you know nothing about it, learn about it. And if you live with people around it, help them as much as you can, but help them to what they want. Don't mm-hmm. don't be don't be forced and help onto them. Ask them what they need and and that's yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. Very good.
0: There you go. Jacob's three tips. Um
3: Thanks, Sheila. Yeah. no problem. Um,
0: and I imagine we will definitely be having you back at some point. Um, and yeah, good luck in your driver's theory.
3: Thank you. I'll
0: be um, getting lifts off you. <laughs>